No matter where you are, there's probably a Speedway right around the corner. So whether you want a freshly brewed hot or iced coffee, fountain drink, or speedy freeze, Speedway's got the fuel to keep you going all summer. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, guys, if you enjoyed this episode... Please support this podcast by going to talkmurder.com slash join and becoming a Talco Supremo. All right, guys, part two of the Fred and Rose West story coming at you. This episode will be mostly through the eyes of the sex-addicted, bondage-loving torture queen and her domineering, perverse, and completely f***ed up psyche. I guess the American glam metal band was correct in saying that every rose has its thorn, but just to make sure, let's head on over to 25 Cromwell Street and check out Rose's Garden of Death. Right, tonight, big shout out to our new supporter, new Supremo. Where in the world is Carmen? Hey, Carmen. Carmen San Diego. I wonder if she's from San Diego. We've actually met Carmen before. She was at our Greenville show. Oh, no way. She was there with her husband. So thank you guys so much. She's been listening ever since that Greenville show. And she is a dedicated listener and a now Supremo. Well, thank you, Carmen. Greenville was a fun show. That was a good time. That I miss was... shows. We'll be doing them again soon. I hope so. So big shout out to you and your hubby, Carmen. And um, we can't wait to come back to Greenville. Yeah. Definitely at the same brewery. Thomas, Thomas Creek. Thomas Creek. They have a strawberry watermelon goza. That's really good. And it's not available for sale hmm. anywhere. It's at the brewery. And I had it at a pub. But, like, they don't have it. They don't sell it in cans. In cans or anything? I know. Mm-hmm. And I was really upset because it tasted like a Sour Patch Watermelon. Ooh. Yeah, it was literally the best beer I've ever had. That sounds delightful. It was so good. And then I bought a different beer that I thought was the one because I got my numbers mixed up on my flight that ah. I was tasted it on. And it was not that one. Disappointment. So, yeah, I was very disappointed. And it took me about a month and a half to finish that beer. Also, I want to say thank you guys so much for your support of Savannah's new podcast, The Missing. She told me she got a lot of downloads the first episode, a lot of subscribers. Also, shout out to Will and Quackery. Dr. Will talked about magnet therapy this week on his episode of Quackery. If you're wearing a magnet bracelet, you may want to go listen to that. Also, I want to say right quick, I got a few emails from people wanting to start their own podcast after they heard that I helped Savannah launch hers. So what I'm going to do, I don't have a program or anything. I'm not selling anything. But if you're really serious and want to launch your own or have one and want to make it better, maybe the audio a bit better or get more downloads or whatever, contact me at johnettalkmurder.com. As of now, I'll take on three to five people who are eager to learn It's completely free, but you have to be really serious about doing this. So that's my offer to you. Okay. Well, 
<clears throat> I have a quick announcement too, actually. Surprise shots. Surprise shots. We don't know what they are because they're a surprise. This looks like a fun shot. Robitussin. No. Ugh. Wasn't it wasn't bad. bad. It's pretty good. Raspberry pucker. Wasn't bad. It just tastes a little bit like cough syrup. All right, guys, just to give credit before we start, the book we're reading tonight is what we read from last episode, Fred and Rose, the full story of Fred and Rose West and the Gloucester House of Horrors by Howard Souness. He was a reporter for the Sunday Mirror newspaper in London. And as I said in the previous episode, he's the one with the most intimate knowledge of the case. He interviewed several of the family members. Plus, he was the one to help break the case once these bodies were unearthed in 1994. All right. So tonight, part two of the Maury show for you guys that are squeamish, you're in luck because this is a very mild episode. <laughs> so I was actually thinking about contacting iTunes and all the other podcast providers out there and seeing if they would take the explicit label off of this episode specifically because it's so mild. I think you're being facetious. I, I know, know he's being facetious. I don't know what that means. It's a great word. So tonight's episode, we are talking about Rose West. This is a continuation of the last episode, part one, for our Taco Supremo Laura. I hope you guys really enjoyed that episode. So I'm going to quickly recap that episode. Um, So in last episode, we... Oh, fuck it. Fuck it. Just go listen to it. Shit. I ain't gonna recap it. All right. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Go listen to it, you lazy bastards. But tonight we are talking about Rose West. Last episode, we ended up with what we know is the first murder that Fred West did on his own before he even met Rose. And that was Anna McFall. Mm -hmm. Remember, Fred West got married to a girl named Rena, Catherine Rena. Mm -hmm. They had two children together. The firstborn, Charmaine, was actually not his baby at all. It was a half-Asian baby that she had with someone else. And Anna Marie, which is his biological daughter. So we ended up with the murder of Anna McFall. She was the friend of Rena. They had started hooking up and stuff like that. Then she got pregnant. And if you remember, Fred didn't want that. So he snuffed her out along with the baby. And then he meets Rose. We're starting tonight's episode with Rose her maiden name is Letts, L-E-T-T-S, <laughs> before she gets married to Fred. So we're starting there tonight with her background, and it is wonderful, as you'll see. It is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's not going to be wonderful, but okay, John, tell us. <laughs> yes, do elaborate. All right. So Fred's already a Fred's already a killer before he meets Rose, and so yeah. we're going to Rose before she meets her her future husband. Is it weird wait, that I can't what? wait to hear how they how they meet? <laughs> how talk it together? Oh. oh my god! Tell us the story. How many times do you think you guys are going to have to answer that question at the wedding? How many times do you think John's going to answer Craigslist? We met on Craigslist. <laughs> what the fuck? Under the misconnections? No. I was like, I was walking out out of the Denny's bathroom because I just oh blew it god. up. <laughs> and stop. <laughs> we, the three of us, met on Craigslist. <laughs> Whoa, that's even worse. True. <laughs> 
We all three met on the misconnections. <laughs> Jen was coming out of the Denny's bathroom. She just blew it up. I mean, that's probably the most accurate out of all three of us. <laughs> you don't have to make fun of my irritable bowels. It's okay. Fred was 12 years old when Rose was propagated, birthed, conceived. I think it's funny how you say birthed. Birthed? Like you say birthday. With an F. Fred, Fred was 12. Or like library. Yeah. Fred was 12 when Rose was conceived by her parents. Whoa. He's old, a lot older than she yeah. is. 12 years. 12 years older. Correct. Correct. Yes. <laughs> I, I did get that part. Yes. I mean, that's not that bad. It could be worse. No. She was born. You're right. Yeah. You're like 15 years younger than me. False. I like him young. Rose was born in Devon in 1953 when Fred was 12 years old. She was born to two mentally ill parents. She would actually rock violently in her cot for hours. Not her whole body, just her head. Oh. Now, if your child does this nowadays and you take them to a child specialist, mm-hmm. they'll most likely inform you that your child may have some learning disabilities when they're growing up. It's a sign of learning disabilities. After that, the family would consider Rose, quote, a bit slow. And for that reason alone, she kind of avoided all the severe punishment because that house was a torrent of violence, fits of rage. You have a father that is schizophrenic and has never been medicated for it. You have a mother that is a manic depression And after she gave birth the first time, Rose wasn't the first, obviously, but when she gave birth after the first time, she went into a long postnatal depression. Just for listeners now, manic depressive is um, most commonly known as bipolar disorder now. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't realize it was the same thing. Mm -hmm. Bipolar one and bipolar two. Hmm. Bipolar one is more severe than bipolar two. Another really interesting tidbit is do you by any chance remember Fred's mother's name? Because Rose's mother shared the same name. I don't know if it's West, just... Claire West? Claire? No, it wasn't Claire. Uh, Blanche. No, no, it wasn't Blanche. It was Daisy. Daisy. Oh. Yeah, so kind of interesting that they both had the same mother's names. Driving Miss Daisy. Rose did very poorly at school. And she actually left at 16 to become a seamstress. And after that, she worked in the bakery. And when she was employed in the bakery, that's when she met Fred. But going back a little bit to when Rose was 12 and growing up, her father, Bill Letts, was a wife and a child beater. They had multiple children. I think there was eight kids running around this house. I, I could not imagine popping eight kids out of, oh. my, out of me. So I, I just did oh. <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> I was just trying not to comment They start out walking out by the sixth one. Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's gross. Just saying. I've always wanted kids, but I just don't think I could handle eight of them. I cannot imagine. I don't even know if I'll, I, I don't even know if I can afford like my own personal lifestyle. Never mind having to support another human right now. Mm hmm. Never mind eight of them plus a significant other. No. And women most of the time didn't work back then. Right. So like how how is that feasibly how is that possible? Well the the husband provided. Yeah, but for eight kids and a wife and oof. You know, stay home all day? No wonder these ladies went crazy. So Bill Letts beat his children daily, with the exception most of the time of Rose, because 
for some reason, he just couldn't do it. I don't know. He just had a special connection with her. Now, he would actually throw boiling water on his wife, Daisy. (gasps) Whoa. He would throw his daughters down the stairs of the home. Oh, my goodness. On top of that, he was bringing hardly no money in whatsoever. He was pretty poor. The family was pretty poor. He got by with odd jobs and everything else. And like I said before, he was a diagnosed schizophrenic, but he was never medicated. Now, the mother had postnatal depression that lasted for a very long time, and she was diagnosed uh, a manic depressant. Her depression became so bad that she received ECT, which is electronic shock therapy, basically, while she was pregnant with Rose. What they call like a hammer. Oh. It's like this thing. Have you seen? Um, yes. One mm-hmm. flew one flew over a cuckoo's nest. I actually yes. have not. But are we surprised by that at all? So no. it's like it's good. this electric shock thing, and it just shocks your brain. You're mm-hmm. like, ooh, ooh. it's like being in an electric chair, I guess. Yeah, you I know? mean, they they were they were thinking that the shock waves would help um, regulate your your brain. So that may have caused some of Rose's problems when she was born because she was getting that procedure done when she was eight months pregnant. So. Wow. Now, Rose actually became very fascinated with sex at an early age. When Rose's brother Graham was only 10 years old, his sister Rose, which was 14 at the time, would start getting into his bed when he was Uh sleeping and she was butt naked and she would start masturbating him at 10 years old. Now, he was oh, really God. confused by this. So she she was molesting his her brother. Yeah. And in his mind, he made it make sense that it was, quote, sisterly love <sighs> and nothing more than that. Now, she may have started down that road because she was also sexually abused by her father. God. But the details of that are not really well known. But she was, in fact sexually abused by her own father now fucked up she met fred where do you guys want to think she met fred jail no not jail good good guess though she was 13 when she met fred a brothel a school and he was stalking the school no that was pretty close not a school but a bus stop Mm. so a lot of victims in tonight's story have been picked up at a bus stop. So Fred was literally doing that same thing when he met his wife, Rose. He was trying to pick up a girl and maybe not kill her, but violently rape her. And then he met Rose. And hey, Rose likes that stuff. So they became a couple. And that was basically it. Now, at the time, Fred had a wife, but she was in and out of town. She, you know, she would leave. She, I hate you. Get the fuck out of here. She would move. Leave Fred all along with the two kids, stuff like that. So when Rose started coming around, Fred was living in this trailer park, 96 Toby Road, and he had two kids. Remember Charmaine and Anna Marie, the two kids. So basically, you know how all the victims in the story are nannies at first. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. Rose was a nanny. She would come to this trailer park, this derelict trailer park that is complete trashed out you got dirty diapers on the floor you got kids running around with feces everywhere i mean not like he took care of the kids he went to work and left the babies just running around so rose came over here and played that motherly role in this shitty ass trailer and she loved it 
she actually really bonded with the children at first, you know, at first, maybe for the first year until she started violently beating them. So to recap all that, Rose grew up in a violent, violent home with a lot of other brothers and sisters running around. She got introduced to sex very early because her father was molesting her and she was looking for an out and she found that out by meeting Fred and then she became a nanny to his kids in the trailer park. So she's young and impressionable and Fred is 12 years older. Mm -hmm. So she's looking up to him. So she falls madly, deeply in love. And this is actually one of the love letters that she wrote to him. Dear Fred. I'm glad you came to see me. Last night made me realize that we are two people, not two soft chairs to be sat on. About us meeting this week, it could be Sunday afternoon. I'll have to get Linda to say I'm going with her. You know we won't be able to meet so often. That's why I can't get the idea out of my head that you are going to be with someone else. You told my aunt about Rena. But what about telling me the whole story, even if it takes all day? I love you, Fred. But if anything goes wrong, it will be the end of both of us for good. We'll have to go somewhere far away where nobody knows us. I will always love you. Rose. So she wrote that when she was living at her parents' home. Now, they did not approve of this guy. In fact, she had brought Fred to meet the parents at one point, and they immediately knew that Something was up with this dude. Mm. You know? Despite the fact that they're also trash human beings yes. and their daughter is also trash. But well, okay. I mean, good for them, though. <laughs> like, at least, you know, she was 13 when she met him and she, you're 13. So you have this 25 year old. I'm yeah, glad the, that at least the, they didn't approve. But the the dad was raping his daughter. I, I didn't <laughs> say that's correct. I didn't say that's right. But at least he knew yeah. well enough not to let 25 year old date his 13 year old. And it clearly worked great. <laughs> they stayed away from each other. Yeah, the end. Yeah, so basically she ran into his arms or his trailer and took care of the kids. So on February 21st, 1970, when Rose was 17 years old, she got pregnant by Fred. And in June of 1970, a few months later, she convinced Fred to move his two kids and the pregnant Rose to Gloucester. Now look at that love note one more time. Can you kind of see... The domineering personality coming out a little bit when she says, if anything goes wrong, it'll be the end of us for good. But not only that, like. And then she says, but what about telling me the whole story, even if it takes all day? Like she's really domineering, it seems. But also she was setting the tone. She's not asking him. She's like, it's going to be Sunday. I have to ask Linda something. But, but like, this is what it's going to be. So she got pregnant in February and in October that same year, 1970, she gave birth to her and Fred's daughter, the first daughter that they'll have together, Heather Ann. And soon after that, Rose started to beat up the other two kids because they're not hers. They're getting older, six, seven, stuff like that. And they're actually starting to talk back to her because she's only 10 years older than they are. She's a kid, too. She's still a teenager. Mm. <laughs> you know, they're like, you're not my mom. You should still be in school. What the fuck? So she starts lashing out on these two kids that aren't hers and starts loving her own child. To my darling, what was you about at the beginning of your letter? I just can't make it out for trying. 
Hey, love, that's great. Three more visits. It'll take up half the time I've got to wait for you. Blinking base people gets on my nerves. Darling, what about Char? I think she likes to be handled rough. But darling, why do I have to be the one to do it? I would keep her for her own sake if it wasn't for the rest of the children. You can see Char coming out and Anna now, and I hate it. Well, let me stop you right there. Where she says, I think she likes to be handled rough. She's talking about Charmaine, which is getting it a lot worse than her sister because she's not even Fred's, mm. you know, at least Anna Marie is Fred's biological one. She's taking care of some half Asian and Fred's first wife's baby. So you can tell she's getting it the worst. Charmaine, that's why she says, I think she likes to be handled rough. She's basically beating the shit out of this kid. Yeah. And and she's, Charmaine's what, six, seven at the time? Terrible. Yeah. Love, I don't think God wanted me to go to that dance because I didn't go after all. Darling, I think from now on, I'm going to let God guide me. It always ends up that way anyway, as you may know. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh, love, about our son. I'll see the doctor about the pill and then we'll be safe to decide about it when you come home. Well, love, keep happy. Longing for the 18th, your ever-worshipping wife, Rose. Your ever-worshipping wife. Now, hmm. when she says looking forward to the 18th at this time, Fred is in prison. Oh. Yeah. She's waiting for him to come out of prison. And how old is she, is she when they're married? 17. Okay. Well, no, no, actually, that's a good point. They don't actually get married until she's like 20, I believe. Yeah, so it takes a while for them to get married. But she gets pregnant at 17. That's a good question. Ah, okay. Because technically Fred's still married to Rena. Ah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. They haven't got it. divorced. In 1972, she gives birth to their second daughter, May, M-A-Y, but they later changed it to M-A-E, so May West. Now they have four children running around the house. Is Mae West a famous person? That sounds like a very I think she was an name. actress. I wonder if it's the same Mae West? Mm, no, I don't think so. I think she was an earlier actress. June 15th, 1971. I told you about Charmaine and how viciously she's getting beat. And in her letter, you see that, oh, I think Char likes to be handled rough. So Charmaine is getting it worse than anybody. And on June 15th, 1971, just a few days before... The 18th, before Fred was going to come out of prison, Rose ends up killing the child. What so a monster. So Charmaine, you see her right here. Yes. Rose ends up killing her while wow. Fred's in prison. Okay. Does she claim it's an accident? She didn't claim it was an accident to Fred, no. And she told everyone else that asked, because a lot of people asked, including child services at the mm -hmm. time. She told them that Rena, the mother, had picked her up and they went back to London. Even though, and I think it, I don't know if it's still this way today, but child services, they took that off face value. Oh, okay. Well, she must have moved. They they didn't do any uh, due diligence to see if that's the truth or not. I think there are quite a few times when that has happened. All the government protections like child services in this story screwed the pooch really bad. So if you want to read this, Nicole, this is from the book Fred and Rose West. Rose has never said what she did that day, but the explanation is not difficult to imagine. 
It seems likely that she finally lost her temper with the spirited but sad eight-year-old who went the bed at night and dreamed of being rescued by her real mother, the girl whom Rose could not wait to get rid of and who had already been to the hospital with a curious injury. It seems likely that she lost her temper, either battered or stabbed to death the child who Rose believed liked to be handled rough. Now, do you remember last episode when I said both have killed independently Mm -hmm. and then they came together? So this is it. So Fred had killed his mistress, Anna McFall, Mm -hmm. and then Rose now kills Fred's uh, daughter. Not well, not biological daughter, Mm -hmm. but stepdaughter. Stepdaughter. Now they have this secret to tell. Now, I don't think Fred was even mad about it. Fred didn't like this kid anyway. It wasn't his. He probably felt kind of, well, I don't even know if I can speak for him, but I would I would imagine if if he had such a disdain for the child, he might have felt relieved that that would happen. He's probably proud that Rose said that for him. All we know is that she was unearthed with all the other ones in 1994. She was missing her fingers, toes, and kneecaps. Mm. Which means that Fred had went back and dismembered the body. Dismembered the body. So, they, so they never knew that she truly was murdered by Rose until late, much later. Yeah, exactly. They did think that she went with her mom. Well, so she was found buried at that same trailer park. And Fred had went back to do some general labor contracting and had built like a uh, some sort of unit or whatever over that land to kind of cover it up. Mm-hmm. But when they finally dug it up, she was missing fingers, toes, kneecaps. That's... Saying that Fred did it because, you know, he likes to take That's kneecaps for some yeah. fucking reason. I don't know. It's weird. Like, I can get fingers it's and toes. Well, not s- toes, but I can get fingers because identification purposes. Yeah, but you can get identification from toe prints, too. Well, toe prints, yeah. Okay, fingers and toes, but kneecaps? Like, what the fuck? I think it's interesting that they would take the kneecaps of this little girl where there may not have been any sexual abuse yeah, or Yeah, it's just one of his quirks or yeah. something. I don't know. There's no logic behind He's taking the kneecaps. probably selling them on the black market or something. No, he was keeping them, like, in his... And, and no uh, one's ever found all of his collection, you know? Mm. As you'll see, he quickly offed himself in prison. So no one really knows where he hid all these things. But if you want to read this, this is also from the Fred and Rose book. The man on top was a West Indian and the woman was white, very young with wavy brown hair and large breasts. She urged her lover on until he reached a bellowing climax. Then they fell back and relaxed on the bed. Okay, so this is talking about when Fred eventually makes Rose become a prostitute, just like he did his first wife, Rena. Well, his still wife, Rena. Because they haven't got divorced or anything. Fred called this, quote, going off to bunny land. Oh, yeah. He would make Rose have sex with these guys. And a lot of these guys were contractors he worked with. You know, he would do odd jobs, general labor jobs. And most of them were immigrants. That's why you see this, you know, this West Indian. Most of them were immigrants. They would come and they would spend their paycheck and have sex with his Hmm. Rose, his future wife. And he liked it. He would look through the peephole and get his peepers off. Oh, a voyeur. Okay, so now let's get back to another murder. Rena, the first wife, she starts coming around trying to get her real daughter back, Charmaine. But guess what? No more. There's no daughter. And Rose had already told everyone in town that Rena had came and picked her up already. Now you got this conflict because Rena's now back in town asking questions. Where's my daughter? And Rose, a couple months before, 
told everyone that Rena had picked her up and took her back to London. But that didn't happen. So Rena's got to go. We really don't know much about how the Rena murder happened, but we know it happened by Fred. Most likely he took her out to a pub and got her drunk because she came mm. to the house demanding to see Charmaine. Where is my daughter? Fred was like, just calm down. You're making a scene. Let's go get a drink and we'll yep. talk about it. He gets her drunk and then chokes her out and takes her kneecaps. Take, fucking takes her kneecaps. <laughs> With her remains were found a child's toy, which was a little red mm. boomerang, which is kind of fucked up. And she wasn't wearing any clothes. So most likely he took that child toy and sexually defiled her with it somehow. That's what the police theory is anyway. And he then removed her legs starting at the hips. So the legs were completely off, which he didn't have to do because he didn't freaking take the legs. He does that because he wants to. If you're going to dismember someone... You don't throw it all in the same hole. They can put a skeleton back together, for mm -hmm. Christ's sakes. So he just wanted to rip the legs out from the hips. But he did take 35 bones in total, including the finger, the toe bones, and the kneecap. But let's talk about Anna Marie. All right, guys. Anna Marie, the biological daughter of Fred, was eight years old when she lost her virginity. Now, both Fred and Rose would claim to doctors and whoever that she actually fell off of her bicycle hmm. and the bike handle penetrated her vagina. Yeah. Doesn't quite happen that way, but. I don't know about that. Jen. Yes. Pick a number, one or two. Two. Of course, we know that Anna Marie didn't fall off her bicycle or whatever. And this is going to explain it. This is from the book, Fred and Rose, that we're reading. If you want to read this, Nicole. This is one. One day during the summer of that first year at Cromwell Street, Anna Marie was led down to the cellar by her father and stepmother. Fred had soundproofed the cellar as he had told Elizabeth he would, creating his torture chamber. The first victim would be his own eight-year-old daughter. Mm -mm. Oh. Are you ready, Jen? At Giant Eagle, my perks means earning perks and dollar rewards fast. Plus, big savings down every aisle with new lower prices on thousands of items. More perks, easy savings. Now that's rewarding. You can do anything with an app. Order groceries. See faraway friends. And with Thumbtack, you can even fix up your house. Thumbtack's the app that finds local pros for you. It shows you prices, reviews, and when they're available. In a few taps, you can find a great plumber, cleaner, painter, pretty much anyone. So fix that broken sink. Get that accent wall. Handle your home projects the same way you do everything else with an app. Download Thumbtack today. Oh, yeah. No, I'm upset that I picked two. <laughs> it's probably going to be worse than the number one. <sighs> I'm not going to lie to you. It's, it's, it's a lot worse. Okay, go on. It's fine. I laid. <laughs> I dug my own grave. You know, I asked you because I knew you were going to pick two. I How know, did I, you know? I, I don't know. I just I knew it. That's why I didn't ask her first. I just knew for some reason you were going to pick two. I don't know why because I feel like if I say one or two, you'll you'll you're thinking that you shouldn't pick one and you should be different and be two because that's the easy way out no i just picked two because it, it was the one that stuck random. out on my it, it, well maybe what maybe i did get it random it's only you only pick one or two numbers it was a 50 percent <laughs> chance 
But I made my own grave. I dug my own grave. Give me the reading. I'm probably giving myself more credit. Yeah, because you were like, pick one or two. And I was like, I don't fucking know. (laughs) Two. All right, Jen, can you continue reading this literally so I don't have to explain it? If you can just read it. I hate my life sometimes. Okay. Oh, my God. This is so long. (laughs) Now, before. (laughs) I'm not even reading it yet. But it's so long. Before you read it, Jen, remember, this is an an eight-year-old child you're talking about. Thanks. Thank you for the reminder. Anna Marie saw a Pyrex bowl, some cloths, a vibrator, and tape on the floor. She asked what they were for, but there was no response. Rose removed Anna Marie's clothes. Anna Marie started to cry and again asked what was happening. I was told that I should be very grateful and that I was lucky I had such caring parents who thought of me. They were going to help me and make sure that when I got married, I would be able to satisfy my husband and keep my husband. I was led to believe that all loving parents were the same. Before I read the second paragraph, this is eight years old. They told her this. That is sick. She's eight. Let me just let me get to the bottom of the paragraph. They told doctors and stuff that she fell off her bike. I remember you said that. Rose sat on Anna Marie's face while Fred forced his daughter's legs open. Her hands were bound and she was gagged. Fred then raped his daughter while Rose watched. Anna Marie could see the Pyrex bowl and watched as her father removed strange red colored matter from inside her and what? put it into the bowl. It's her. She she got her hymen busted. That's what that is. But there's nothing to remove. It's like. It, well, his it's semen, his semen and her hymen stuff or whatever. She thought it looked like frog spawn. The pain was so excruciating that she wished she were dead, but Rose was clearly having fun. She was laughing, smirking, and saying to me it was for my own good and to stop being so silly. <sighs> you know, I think the Pyrex bull thing is very strange like there's nothing to like well she was a virgin there's nothing to scoop out he he probably ejaculated in her yeah blood it's you know i get that but it's still kind of strange to like it's just if it's his semen to like scoop out his semen also and put it into a bowl but this is unreal i mean it makes it's interesting because trying to remove the disgusting and absolute atrocity aside, if Fred and Rose were both abused by their parents sexually, this is... This angers me. I'm glad that motherfucker died. Would you want me to tell you it gets better? No, because I know it gets worse. <laughs> yeah, it gets worse. <laughs> uh, it gets a little worse. I mean, that... Uh, that's just awful. I'm at Susan Smith level angry right now. Oh, this is worse than Susan Smith. It is. It is. That's oh, why. Yeah, dude, this is a lot worse. Th- it is. It is a lot worse than Susan Smith. It is a lot worse than Susan Smith. But that's the most comparable level of anger I have in recent memory. Rose actually kept Anna Marie home from school for several days because she complained of excruciating pain. And not only that, but you know what's the other parents and the teachers going is like, why are you walking so funny? Oh, because you know, daddy. If, yeah, I don't even know what she would say. So they kept her home, obviously. God. Now let's talk about the second time that this happened. Now she's still eight years old. 
This wasn't just like, I'm just doing this because that's what families do. This became a regular thing. Fred would rape his daughter whenever he wanted. Whenever he was horny, he would just rape her. I mean, she could be outside playing or whatever. It didn't matter. Taking a shower or whatever. Anna Marie comes home from school one day and a rose blocks her from going upstairs. One day, Anna Marie comes home from school to find Rose blocking her way upstairs. She's trying to get by Rose and Rose is like, you ain't going nowhere. Okay. She yells at Anna Marie, tells her to get naked, takes her down to the cellar, which I want to point out the cellar, you know, where the bodies are buried Mm -hmm. is also the child's playroom. So the children actually play in the cellar with the bones under the floor. And that ain't even as fucked up as any of the other shit. I'm just throwing it out there because fucking just one more thing, right? Rose pushes Anna Marie down into the cellar. Now, remember, she's eight years old at the time. And there's a device in the cellar that she's never seen before. Fred actually made this device himself. And it's basically some contraption that people that do BDSM use, you can tie people up to it. It's like mm. almost getting crucified almost. You know, arms spread eagle, feet spread eagle. Oh, yeah, like in Game of Thrones. It was a big metal frame. Rose straps up Anna Marie, the 18 years old. She was spread eagle. She was gagged. Rose then lifts her own skirt to reveal that she's wearing a belt that has a dick on it a vibrator oh you know no. like you know what a strap the, on strap on yeah you know what the lesbians wear with the yeah didn't know that part but okay they vibrate they're vibrators oh. they, some of them are i guess not just lesbians wear them true you, i mean some heterosexual couples enjoyed that i wear like three on me. <laughs> two in the front one in the back <laughs> and then one on my head so four <laughs> It's like a narwhal. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's actually brilliant. And then Uh. I go walk around the mall. (laughs) And then Nicole bails me out of jail. That's how John gets his social distancing. It's, uh, but then, but your excuse would be, I'm just dressed as quail man. (laughs) Rose starts sexually assaulting Anna Marie with the vibrator belt. And then after that, Fred walks in. He just got home from work. He walks in and he sees that Rose is using this new contraption he built that he worked so hard on. And Anna Marie recalls years later, once she finally opens up and tells the police and everyone about this, quote, I looked at my dad pleading with him with my eyes. So Fred walks in, sees his daughter strapped up getting molested by Rose with a strap-on vibrator. And she looks up at her dad to be like, oh my God, dad's here. Thank you. Like, you can save me from this. I mean, that's what dads do. They, they, you know, they save, they protect and save. Mm -hmm. And unless you're a shitty father like this one. Yeah. So she's pleading with him with her eyes. Just please do something. This hurts. She noticed that a delight got on his face, a big smile. And then Fred rapes his daughter again, Mm. you know, but it was quick because he was on his lunch break and he had to get back to work. Now, there were signs 
there were plenty of signs that child abuse was going on. In 1973, this is a year later, Anna Marie was at swimming camp and she fainted like in the pool. So they Mm -hmm. brought her out and then a medical check actually showed bad, bad bruising on both of her breasts. Mm. She tells the medical doctor, quote, mommy does this. Wow. My mommy does this. And nothing was done at all. I'm just saying kind of bad. Anna Marie starts to hit puberty. She starts to menstruate between nine and ten years old. Well, when when do you when are you supposed to? Like, what's the age? What's the age you're supposed to do that? It depends. I'd say probably between like ten and fourteen. Usually, it starts. So this was was this early nine to ten years yeah. old? Mm, yeah, yeah, nine's on the younger side. Oh, especially for then oh, that yeah. time. Yeah, it's like, like getting younger now. The time goes on because of horm- hormones. Huh? Getting and stuff. younger. Yeah, women are. Yeah, girls are menstruating like earlier now because I didn't of get my first period hormones. until I was like sixteen. Oh wow! I was, Wait, what? The I think fuck? I was ten. How are they getting? How is it getting younger? It has to do with like the, the hormones that are in like foods. And oh shit! Really? Drinking waters and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. What the yeah. fuck? So I don't know about this stuff. We didn't even have sex ed in my school <laughs> at all. <laughs> Abstinence. <laughs> we didn't have anything. Anna Marie was denied tampons. Our towels or any cleaning, and I don't oh, really know no. how this all stuff works. But Rose and Fred denied her all that because Fred said, "quote The period blood should flow freely." To where? I don't know. Like what the fuck, asshole! You don't have periods. You don't know what it's like. Now at this point, she's reaching ten years old. Fred and Rose start taking pornographic photos of her mm. and making videos of Fred oh. raping her. And not only that, on another occasion, the West children were instructed to dub Anna Marie's naked body with finger paints. Rose painted the words black hole on her buttocks with an arrow pointing down. Rose took a photograph and made the child stay in this humiliating position until Fred came home. The woman who instigated these sadistic acts even demanded to be called mother. I called her Rose until dad smacked me, says Anna Marie. So as you see here, the other children are taking part in all this. So all of the children were sexually abused, raped, and everything. If you're a daughter, you're getting raped by the father. And their son, Steve, when he turned 16, 17, Rose had sex with him for the first time. It's like, yeah, I'm going to take your virginity. It's mine. I made you. I can take it type of thing. It's like fucking weird. That's sick. Absolutely sick. Fred actually made a belt that had a vibrator attached to it. He made Anna Marie wear it while it was on and walk around the house naked with the thing. I mean, it was the vibrator going inside of her and she was to walk around and they would make fun of her when she's walking around. I mean, if she doesn't do this, she gets beat, you know, to to a pulp, not in the face. Because the face gives you away, yeah. But everywhere else, she was made to sleep in the cellar, that swampy, dark, wet cellar, cold, you know, stuff like that. The kids were even locked outside during the winter, during the snow, and made to sleep out there. I mean, it was just, like, fucking awful. Wow. This is awful. This is really terrible for these children. When Anna Marie was 11 years old, Fred and Rose made her become kind of a prostitute with Rose's customers. Those West Indian 
men that were the contractors that were coming to sleep with Rose. Now they're also sleeping with the 11 year old oh daughter. God. Pieces of shit. Anna Marie recalls one incident where she is actually going down Cunalingus on Rose while Rose was saying, quote, she was a lucky girl and one day she would be able to please my husband once when she was older. Ugh. Fred was working as a jobbing builder on house conversions and often took Anne-Marie with him when he went out. He had put a piece of carpet down in the back of his van and whenever he felt aroused, would stop the van and cuddle his daughter. He was always ready for sex, she says. He did not even bother to get undressed, but simply loosened his trousers. Sometimes they had sex in the empty houses where he was working, sometimes in the woods. She learned in her childish way that if a purple light came up on the dashboard because Fred had switched the engine off but kept the ignition on to work the heater, then she was about to be raped. When her father forced his tongue into her mouth, she had to struggle to resist a natural urge to bite it off. He later bribed her not to tell Rose, giving her money to buy sweets. Oh, my God. I don't understand. Like, it's. It's your own daughter. Like, I, I, like, I just don't, I don't get it. He bribed her not to tell Rose. So also, Rose like, is the domineering one. The, the amount of, like, sometimes it really also amazes me, like, how frequent people can have sex. Oh, he, he was doing it every, multiple times a day. I know. I mean, he's a fucking sex addict, dude. I mean. It's kind of crazy. Fucking real crazy. All right. All right. So one more little thing and then we'll get off the incest. I promise. When Anna Marie was 12 years old, Fred began getting obsessed with the idea of creating, quote, the perfect breed. No. And this was an idea that led to plenty of experiments. And the perfect breed for him would be half white and half black. He thought that the black babies were superior to the white. I, I don't. This is just what he thought. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's just in his twisted ass mind. So he was going to create a half white and half black baby. Now to make this perfect breed, Fred would conduct these experiments like he's some Nazi doctor, like Mengele. What's his name? Mengele. God, that guy is fucked. We should do a story on him one day. <laughs> he's fucked. Anyway. Rose was having sex with a customer. He was a black man. And obviously Fred was watching through the keyhole because he liked, he loved Rose getting sex from a black man. He thought (laughs) they were the perfect breeders and he just wanted her to get pregnant. And she does eventually with a, a black customer and she does birth the baby that is Half black, black, half Mm -hmm. white. On this one occasion, she was entertaining a black customer. She was having sex with him. And when the man ejaculated, Fred then took the condom with the sperm in it. He took a dish towel, a syringe, and a copper piping and MacGyvered them all together with the sperm in the condom and shoved it inside Anna Marie, the (gasps) 12-year-old, his own daughter, and made her sit there. While the sperm entered her, and he was trying to make her pregnant with a, a black baby. That's oh what he was trying to do. Gosh. Did that work? No, that didn't work. That's good. What a sick individual. This is Fred's view on incestual relationships. 
Fred believed that incest was natural and told his daughters, I made you. You are my flesh and blood. I am entitled to touch you. He said that dads were better at sex than boys and that it was a father's right to take his daughter's virginity. His incestuous relationship with Anna Marie culminated in 1979 when he made her pregnant. <gasps> no. Rose took Anna Marie to the doctor who said that she was two months advanced, but the pregnancy had begun in her fallopian tube. A termination was carried out of the Gloucestershire Royal Hospital. That's fucked. Wow. All right. So we're done with the incest. Moving on. That was, that was bad. Thank you. Now, now we're moving on to dismemberment and stuff. Oh, which is, good. So much better. It's like a fucking weight lifting off my shoulder. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I can handle that over incest. This is awful, dude. What the fuck? Thanks, Laura. For I'm going to have request. nightmares tonight. If I can fall asleep. Holy shit, this is so bad. <laughs> I'm taking some Benadryl tonight. On December 9th, 1977, Rose did give birth to Tara West. She is half black, half white. I don't mean for this to sound insensitive, but since we are kind of running short on time, I am going to skim through a lot of the victims and their murders real quick. One reason why is because we don't actually know what happened a lot of what we know is how the bones were found and what was found mm. in the graves. And a lot of it's the same. So not trying to be insensitive, but let's go over some of the victims here. Now, did some of these victims overlap with this time where they're abusing? Yeah. Anna oh, Marie? yeah. This was during the time. Oh, okay. yeah. I mean, it's not like they moved on. Oh, no, 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 no. So this is during the time. Got it. I mean, I didn't really get into the personalities and the lifestyle living at that house. I mean, Rose was having sex with the students at, you know, the daughter's school. I mean, she was having sex with everyone. Everyone was coming in and out. They were picking girls up at bus stops, torturing them to death. Most of these girls were runaways and and got picked up on the street at a bus stops. And they kind of trusted Rose because she she was like, I'm one of you. I was one of you. And you look where I'm at now. I'm a happy mother. So they went into this spider web. And there's a lot of them. I mean, 12 counted. This is like one of the serial killers that we can honestly say 12 is nowhere near the actual number, man. I mean, there it's probably up there uh, to about 100. It's probably way up there, dude. <laughs> I mean, a lot of these girls weren't accounted for because they're runaways, you know, and they, right. a like lot of Pee them Wee. became prostitutes and stuff like that. And a lot of the girls they picked up were prostitutes. So right. a lot of them just aren't on the radar the census. Yeah. There's a lot of bodies that they've buried. I can tell you that. Anyway, this is Carol Ann Cooper. She's 15 years old. What we know about her is she was found 1994 with all the others. Surgical tape around the head and face. She was actually hung up in the ceiling from a hook, like mm. a meat hook. Mm -mm. She died of torture and strangulation. She was struck on the head, which was kind of a first for them. The back of the head, he hit her on the head with something. But the uh, forensic pathologist, the guys that excavated the bones, can't actually tell if that was before or after she was dead. You know, he could have just said, fuck, I hate sawing this girl and just hit her. You know, I mean, no one knows. Fred did remove the legs from the hip, which he loves to do. He did leave deep gouge marks in her upper left thigh bone. And then, of course, he cuts off the head between the fourth and fifth vertebrae. 
Lacey Patterson, same fate. But this time, it's a little different. They actually kept Lacey Patterson alive for up to seven days. Mm. They, as in Fred and Rose West, she was strung up on that torture device and they left her there alive for seven days. Now, it, this was December 27th, 1973, when she goes missing. So that's when police think that she was picked up by Fred and Rose West. Okay, the 27th. Mm-hmm. She was brought into 25 Cromwell Street in the dark cellar. And they know that it's about seven days she was alive because on the 3rd of January, 1974... Fred West walks into the local hospital with a deep laceration in his arm. He basically was decapitating and cutting the limbs off and he cut himself. himself. Mm -hmm. And what I learned from the story that I really didn't know from doing the true crime is that it gets harder to dismember a body after it sits being deceased for a while. After 24 hours, it gets really hard to saw it off. So most likely... As soon as she's dead, he would go and cut it off, dismember the body, because Mm. it's a lot easier when they die right then. Mm -hmm. So seven days later, he walks into the hospital. He's got a cut. That's probably when she was dismembered. Mm. So they think she was alive for seven days. Another victim, Therese. I'm not going to pronounce her last name because I don't want to mess it up. A 21-year-old Swiss-born college student. She's last seen alive hitchhiking member. Most of these victims were hitchhikers. Young, Mm -hmm. runaways. She wasn't a runaway per se, but she was hitchhiking. A friend actually told her the last day that she saw her alive, one of the classmates. Yeah, I don't think you should be hitchhiking. You know, there's a lot of good advice. There's a lot of creepy dudes out there. Mm -hmm. She says, quote, I can look after myself. I'm a judo expert. She was gagged and raped at 25 Cromwell Street. After she was dead, Fred started chopping off her arms and legs. And for some reason, after he had cut the legs and arms off, he then decided to rape the corpse. Yeah, that's so fucked up. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. really fucked. Mm -hmm. Not as fucked up as the incest, possibly. I don't know. It's It's up there. It's uh, I, I don't think you can rank it. I think they're both terrible, terrible, terrible things. Shirley Hubbard, very attractive, 15-year-old, but she was rebellious as a youth. She was in and out of the girls' home, stuff like that, run away. Just what they like, you know, because not many people are going to be asking about them. And they're young and impressionable, and they can easily bring them in. If you want to read this. They wrapped tape around her head 11 or 12 times to create a shiny brown mask, which stopped just beneath her eyes with a strap of tape under her chin. A transparent plastic tube with an internal diameter of one eighth of an inch was inserted through the mask. It extended for three inches up through one of her nostrils into the nasal cavity, while 12 inches extended outside the mask. In the cellar, the police found her decapitated head, which had been cut off front to back And it still had the tape and the tube out of it. Like I said, like a mummy, tape wrapped around the face, even for 25 years, is, you know, going to be pretty well preserved. And the tube was still sticking. The the breathing tube was still sticking out. Just fucking just. Holy shit, man. Her anatomy was a little different from the other buried ones. 
the midsection of her trunk, including her third thoracic vertebrae, was completely missing. So literally half of her body was missing. Fred took it and did something with it. Of course, her finger, toe bones, and her kneecaps. Come on, uh, kneecaps. Kneecaps, sorry. All right, so let's wrap this up. You remember Heather Ann? That was Rose's biological and Fred's biological. That's her first. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the daughter. Yes. She didn't make it out. Oh. Okay, I'm just going to say. So she's 16 at the time. She's having problems. She runs away. And the school is asking about her. The Child Protective Services is asking Mm -hmm. about her. And she starts talking. And that's not good. Because she could expose a lot of stuff at home. Mm -hmm. And at this point, Child Protective Services are already knocking on the door. Because not only are people talking around town, but the students, the 13-year-old, 14-year-old students at the local school are having sex with the Rose. Like, Mm. out of all the stuff, she's even having sex with the students for, for whatever reason, you know? It's just like fucking nuts. It's crazy. But, so they get worried that she's going to tell the police what's going on there. At 16, she runs away and she's desperate to get out because she's tired of getting yeah. beat and sexually molested and all this stuff. So she files for unemployment and all this stuff because she cannot get a job at all. She's got emotional problems, obviously. She's got some psychological issues she's dealing with. She cannot get a job whatsoever. She gets denied for unemployment. So where does she end up back? Back at home, back at 25 Cromwell Street in the lion's den. And at 16, she was murdered by her parents, her own mother, biological mother, murders her. In 1994, police found Heather Ann, the first child of theirs, with two ropes in her grave, a 22 and a half inch and a 15 and a half inch long rope. She was naked when they found her, which means that both Fred and Rose had raped her, did something to her. No one will ever know. Right. Not only that, but what's really fucked up about this one is the fingernails were missing from her fingers. Oh. Why would you take the fingernails? To torture someone. To torture her. So she was still alive when they were ripping her fingernails Ah. out one by one. These guys are monsters. Yeah. (laughs) That's a fucking understatement, dude. Yeah, it is. Then Fred obviously takes... A meat cleaver this time, and he doesn't do what he usually... I know this sounds fucked up saying this. He doesn't take his time. He hacks her up. His daughter. His daughter. Like, he's a fucking... She's like, fucking piece of shit. Oh, my God. Tell him me, you dumb bitch. Like, hacking her up with a meat cleaver. It sounds fucked up that he's not taking his time cutting her very slowly in comparison He's fucking hacking her all with a meat cleaver. Uh, yeah, like, I, yeah. see, well, I can you. see both sides, though. Honestly, like not to try to get into the mind of a serial killer, but you would think that it would be. I mean, he clearly does. It doesn't seem to care. But one would think that it would be a lot more intimate to take the time to 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 cut up carefully. But when really it's like, oh, crap, like this is my daughter. But, you know, we have to get rid of it. Like, like I don't know if I would want to dwell on it. I think he's just he's angry at her. Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah, he's angry. I mean, that's he, he's got a fucking meat cleaver. I mean, he's never really done that before. 
He then held the corpse of his daughter face down and cut through the back of her neck while her chin was pushed onto her chest, decapitating her. Mm. All right. What's really fucked up about that is the 17 year old Steve, the one that Rose was having sex with, unknowingly helped bury his own sister because Fred was like, hey, I got to put this garden out back. You want to help me, buddy? You want to you wanna help your old daddy build this garden? Come on. This is going to be a fun day. We I might even give you a beer. He was actually burying his sister without him knowing it. It's kind of fucked. Yeah. I mean, well, the whole story is fucked, but. <laughs> Please tell me they get caught. Hopefully they both die. They did get caught because, and I didn't get into this, but this detective named Detective Savage. Hmm. And savage. she was she was weeks away from retiring and she said, fuck no. She wanted to know where Heather was because she checked all the records and Rose is like, oh, Heather left. Mm. You know, she just went out of the, the country. Just like Charmaine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so eventually, th- I mean, this detective, if it, if it wasn't for this detective, these guys would have got scot-free. She was not going to take no for an answer. She literally stopped going out of retirement to figure out where Heather was. Good for her. And eventually she got a search warrant, which was not easy because if you're going to dig up someone's yard, I mean, dig Break down the cellar, all the gardens, everything they built, and you're wrong about it, that's going to be a big lawsuit. But that one detective, Detective Savage, she's a boss and bulldog. I didn't go into her, uh, you know, I didn't go into her because we didn't have time, but she basically forced them to get a search warrant. And when they did, when they found that first bone, game over. That's when they uncovered everybody. Wow. Every fucking body came up. Good. And now it's a, a walkway, as Laura said in the last episode. So they're arrested. At first, Fred denied any of the murders, said he didn't know anything about it. He was going to kind of stick up for Rose. Rose pled not guilty, obviously. She's still in prison. Thank God. She'll be there to the day she dies. But on January 1st, 1995, Fred West actually hung himself in the prison. With a rope, blanket, laundry bags, round his neck, door handle, just like on that the wire, the show The Wire, hung himself. Coward. Coward. So he's he's out. Good riddance. But Rose West will be in prison until the day she dies. I guess that's okay. She actually pled not guilty to 10 murders. From the 21st of July 2019, this is from Metro newspaper in the UK. The title is Rose West moved to a new prison after serial killer threatened to murder her. Mm. This is a uh, too bad. Huh? Too bad. This is another uh, another serial killer that we haven't covered yet, but I've seen a couple pictures of her. And uh, but her name is Joanna Dennelly. No one's requested it, but this is her right here. And I don't really know her story, but she threatened to kill Rose. Mm. So. Rose is still in prison, and that's her fucked up story. Mm. Pretty awful wow. story. But that is the, but that is the Fred and Rose West case. I hope you guys enjoyed that or tolerated. Uh, I'm not sure enjoyed's the right word there, John. But yeah. and I am doing a lot of requests lately, so be sure to get them in so I can cover them. Once again, this is for you, Laura. Thank you so much for requesting this. Thank you, Laura. Thanks, Laura. 
If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit that subscribe button on whatever podcasting app you use. If you like this story, you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you're absolutely obsessed with this podcast and you want to become our Rose, go to talkmurder.com slash join. Become a Talkers Primo. Get a badass t-shirt, sticker, swag, a lot of love. Shout it out all over the place. Tell me what story you want me to do. I'll research it and I'll dedicate it to you right here on the Talk Murder Me podcast. My name is John here with Jen and Nicole. And until next time, I'm a savage. Nasty, bougie, ratchet. There are so many reasons not to skip breakfast. So many savory, mouth-watering, tasty, delicious beyond all belief reasons. Actually, that last one was pretty convincing. Stop by for a McDonald's breakfast. Mix and match a sausage biscuit, sausage McMuffin, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Any two for just two bucks. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Switching to Geico is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, Geico makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, Geico has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to Geico. It's obviously a good idea.